right. Come on. How many of you are having church this morning? Come on. Come on, I'm so glad you're here. You could be a lot of places this morning, but you chose to be here. And um, I'm having a good time with Jesus. I hope you are too. And there's no place I'd rather be than right here with you. Um, We are taking a long walk through the book of Nehemiah. Now, um, listen, we're on part seven. And now that's a lot of lots, that's a lot of parts. How many of you are getting tired of Nehemiah? Don't raise your hand. That was that's a good moment not to raise your hand. Listen, we're going to keep going. Actually, next week we're going to finish up. What we build is spiritual. And we're taking a look at the book of Nehemiah, which is in the Old Testament. And actually, I don't know if you know this. Even though it's early in the book of the Old Testament, actually, it was one of the it was one of the last books written actually in the Old Testament prior to prior to Christ coming. And so that we're going to get into a little bit of that next. Next week, but it's it's just an interesting thing because normally we think like if things in the beginning uh, with that in the Old Testament just are chronological, but it's not not so. And so here we are in the book of Nehemiah. What we build is spiritual. How many of you know that what we do here on Sundays is spiritual? How many of you know what you do on Monday is spiritual? Even Tuesday. How many of y'all got? How many of y'all believing for a Wednesday with spiritual? Come on. Come on, yeah, come on. How many of y'all know? It's all spiritual. Come on, it really, really is. It's all spiritual. It all belongs to God. And here we have Nehemiah. They, they rebuilt the temple. Ezra rebuilt the temple. And Nehemiah came in, and he rebuilt the walls. And like literal, literal walls. I mean, there were walls surrounding the temple that were destroyed. And, and we're picking it up. And if you've missed any of these, you've got to go back, and they're all online. You've got to catch them all. The, this has just been a great, great series. I've been loving it. And, um, and so we're going to pick it up in, in a time where they start dedicating, dedicating the walls. Now, how many of you have ever been to like a building dedication? Like where they cut the ribbon, maybe a new building. And, yeah, right? I mean, they're dedicating that for a certain use. It's a celebration. Usually dedications are a celebration. Are you with me? Yeah. How many of you ever been to, how many of you ever been to a wedding? Okay. Most of you. Very good. That's a dedication. Because you're dedicating yourselves to one another, but two people are not just dedicating themselves to one another, they're dedicating their lives to God. Amen. Yeah. It's a dedication. Um, and, and at Bridge City Church, we do what we call child dedication. We actually have one coming up real soon. And what we do is we say that our children belong to God. And, and parents stand up and they dedicate their children to God, that they, they're going to be set apart from the world and be set apart for God, and they're going to be for sacred use. I'm oversimplifying. But see, all dedications have that, have that attached to them. That's what dedications are in buildings and baptisms. Baptisms are a public dedication. Right? It's a public dedication. That's what baptism is. Um, it, everything we do, see, so, so dedications... There's, there's always a celebration with dedication. There's joy. Everything I just mentioned, there's joy attached to it. Am I right? There's always a celebration that when we dedicate our lives, when somebody gets baptized, when somebody responds and crosses the bridge to life, that's what we prayed for today. That's a celebration. But the celebration doesn't stop there. It's so that they can give themselves more completely to God. And it's always based on purity. It requires a purity. It requires these things. Now, now see, see we, just, we tend to look at what we do here, and it becomes common or ordinary. 
Like I remember back in the day. How many of you know when you hear those words back in the day, you know it's going to be a story about sometime long time ago. How many of you know the back in the day was a really good day? Come on, somebody. I'm over 50 crowd. Where are you at? Come on. Yeah, that was your chance right there. Like I remember back when, when you weren't even allowed to bring coffee into the holy place. Like, you, like if you brought coffee or, or snacks into the sanctuary, you were reprimanded. Amen. How many of y'all remember those days? How many of by gum, we ought to return to them? <laughs> That's what some people, no, no. Listen, but, like, but what we had, we had this concept that, like, that this place is holy. No, I'm going I'm to let you in a secret. This place that we're in right now, it's only as holy as the people inside the place. See, see, the purity of the people in this place makes it pure. Are you with me? See, if people came in here and did all kinds of defiled, horrible things, it wouldn't be a holy place anymore. It's holy because we are here. And we are dedicated to God. So I want to talk to us today. I want to to share with you and and communicate with you today. What what are we dedicating our lives to? And we're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 12. Nehemiah 12, and we're going to look at how and what they dedicated their lives to after the work got complete. 52 days, they rebuilt the walls, and now it's time to have a little celebration. It's time to have some fun. So in the first 26 verses, I'm not going to read them to you. It's a whole list of all the priest names, all the priests. I want to let you know that we are a holy priesthood. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a priest. Some of you, that bothered you a little bit. Your Catholic was coming out, okay? It's only, well, yeah. Listen, we're, all, we're, all, we're a holy priesthood. We're a holy nation, royal priesthood, right? Now look at your neighbor and say, you are peculiar. You are really peculiar. Just tell them, you're, you're as peculiar as they get. Let me tell you that. Come on, somebody. Come on. How many of you are part of peculiar people? Come on, that's what 1 Peter 2 says. We're peculiar you have to look that Greek word up later, okay, and, 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 get, and get, to, get, get to class, get to how to study the Bible class to learn what that means. Okay, Nehemiah was dedicating the walls. There's three things at stake. Number one is a place where God is honored. How many of y'all would like the church you go to to be a place where God is honored? Yes. Come on, is God being honored here? Okay, how about the word of God is being esteemed and revered? Y'all go with that one too? How about lives transformed? Because this is what was at stake. This is what they were building for here. Okay, so here we go. Nehemiah 12, 27. Nehemiah 12, 27. For the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem, the Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to assist in the ceremonies. So they literally went all around to all the surrounding communities and they got all the singers and all the musicians and, and they said, you got, you got to come to Jerusalem. We're going to have ourselves a party. Okay, and then here we go. And they were to take part in the what kind of occasion? Joyous. What kind of occasion? Joyous. With their songs of what? Songs of? And with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. Now, now, we don't really have many harps these days. Just for the record, we got lots of guitars and keyboards and drums and bass. Come on, that's the modern day one right there. Come on. 
So they were going to make a joyous sound, but they were going to dedicate it to God. So let me give you just an oversimplification of dedication here. It's to be set apart from the world, but to be set apart for God. It's to be like for, for sacred use. Do you know what I've learned is that many people like to be different from the world and many people like to be for God, but you've got to put those two things together. See, many people say, I'm going, to be a, abstain, I'm going to abstain from the world, but they never get to be of use for God. And many people are trying to be of use to God, but they never get separated from the world. When we say our lives are dedicated to God, what we're saying is I'm going to be separate from the world, but I'm going to be of, of use to God. Every person in this room right now has a use for God. Come on, I believe that with everything within my being. Come on, I believe that. There's a, there, God wants to use us for sacred, sanctified, holy reasons. The other interesting thing about dedication, have you ever heard of the word Hanukkah? Yeah. This, is where, this is the same root word of Hanukkah. It's, it's dedication. It was, to rep, it was to remember the rededication of the temple. This is where the word Hanukkah comes. It's a dedication to God. Okay, a little bit of trivia for you. You never know when that's going to show up over the holidays. You're playing trivia, and then Hanukkah's going to show up. Say, I know what that means. Dedication. And they were doing it with thanksgiving. They were doing it. See, everything we do here is dedicated to God. Our connection groups are dedicated to God. Our leaders are dedicated to God. Our children are dedicated to God. Every man, woman, child's dedicated to God. Everybody serving's dedicated to God. This building right now is dedicated to God. It's set apart for sacred use, but it, 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 it is so with thanksgiving. How many of y'all know thanksgiving's important? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm serious. We, I think we need a little more thanksgiving in our life. I'm not talking about turkey and stuffing. Okay, how many of you know you probably need a little less turkey and stuffing, but you need a lot more thanksgiving? Come on. Come on, who's with me right now? Come on. Come on, we need thanksgiving, because you know what? It takes the focus off of us and takes our focus and puts it on God. I guarantee you, every person that comes back from Guatemala, they are going to be filled with thanksgiving. You know why? Because they encountered so many things that they're going to value everything they have here in a whole different way. I'm telling you, that's why we need to get around people that, that, that literally, and I'm sometimes less fortunate, we need to get in different environments and different cultures so we have a little more thanksgiving in our life. Because thanksgiving is honoring God for everything. Are you with me? Okay, so they dedicated the walls here. So dedication, dedication requires, there's three things here. It requires purity, it results in joy, and it creates generosity. It requires purity, it results in joy, and creates generosity. Okay, dedication requires purity. Let's look at this first one here. Now I'm going to jump down to verse 30. The priests and Levites first purified themselves. Then they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. Now, in this text, it does not communicate exactly what they did to purify the walls and the gates and the people. There's nowhere you can say this is exactly what happened here. But we do know that they set it apart for God's use. They set it apart and said, this is for God. This belongs to him here. This is for sacred, sacred use. So purified means cleansed morally. It means cleansed physically or ceremonially. 
When you're purified, that means you're cleansed. Listen, Easter Sunday's coming, and, and Good Friday's coming up. And I, I hope you're going to come to the Good Friday remembrance. I do, but you know what? It's, it's a powerful day that we remember that we can be cleansed only by the blood of Jesus. Come on. You can't be good enough. I can't be good enough. It's only the blood of Jesus. But we're not going to leave you on Easter Sunday. We're going to get you some life. Leave you on Good Friday. We're going to get you into Easter where there's life and resurrection life. Come on. Amen. So you got to have both of those. And some people, like, they, they want life without the death. And some people just focus on the death without the life. We need both of those in our lives. Because there's a cleansing that comes to our lives. Also, just with pure, this uh, that idea of purified, it means singular focused. It means I have one focus. I just want to be focused on God. I want to have, I do want to have tunnel vision. It, Jesus said that those who find him go by the narrow way. Have you ever read that, the narrow way, Matthew 7? Come on, we need a narrow way. We need a narrow focus if we're going to find him. Are you with me? That's not real popular in today's day and age. Because we're trying to make the way wider. Read Matthew 7. But I want to be purified. I want to be cleansed morally. I want to be cleansed physically. I want to do everything I can. Come on. I want to do everything I can because what we're building here is spiritual. I want to read to you a verse. and Keep your place in Nehemiah 12 and 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. It's talking about temple. It's talking about us being the temple of God. There's a lot of focus that you're the temple of God, but how about us together make up the temple of God? We do that, okay? And so here it is. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple and God's temple is? God's temple is? And you are that? Yeah. Now this seems like, like Pastor, you had me. It was really encouraging up until right about now. No, it, actually this word means defiled. It means if you, if you taint, if you defile God's temple in any way, Jesus takes it serious. Because what we're building is, that means to move from a higher standard to a lower standard. That's what this, that's what this word means. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about it, it's, it's moral deterioration. If we bring moral deterioration, if we lower the standard, come on, if we take in corrupting influences, God says, I'm going to take notice of that. What we build is spiritual. Amen. See, that's why we, we have to keep setting it apart. That's why we must keep doing this. But I don't just want to stop there. I want to get to the celebration of it. In Nehemiah uh, 1240, now, that what they did in between here is Nehemiah got all the singers and all the musicians here. And then he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stand on top of the wall. We're going to get on the wall. And then I'm going to send some of you, Ezra, you take half of them this way. I'm going to go this way. And I mean, it was, listen, I, I, don't, I don't have proof text, but the way I read this, it was loud and wild. That's just the way I read it. I mean, because if they were celebrating, I don't believe they were like, oh, that's so nice. Oh, that's a wonderful wall. Come on. Like, come on. Like, when you, come on, when you, when you see, when you see a new baby, you don't go, oh, that's nice. Oh, you had a baby. Do you do that? No, you fuss. Even if you don't like babies, you, you fuss. 
Am I right? Oh, look at the baby. Oh, so cute. Oh, it's like, it's, right? You fuss. You, you, get, you, get, you get all worked up over it. Come on, this was a celebration. Now, Nehemiah took his group, and he says, okay, we're going this way. And the first place they stopped to worship was by the dung gate. Mm. Now, let me just tell you, every now and then, God's going to send you to worship around some dung. Because we're going to find out if the worship belongs to him or you. So every now and then, he's going to lead you right by the dung gate. How many of you are like, I'm, like, if you saw them all lined up, Nehemiah's going by the dung gate, Ezra gets the other way. How many of you are like, I'm with Ezra. I'm with Ezra. I'm going with Ezra. Mm-hmm. He's my man. Mm-hmm. Come on, am I right? So they're worshiping God. And, they, and they, then they go back, and in verse 40, the two choirs that were giving thanks then proceeded to the temple of God, where they took their places, and so did I, together with the group of leaders who were with me. Dedication and celebration go together. See, why we do praise and worship, it's not to give you a professional experience, it's to give you a personal experience. It's not so we can sit by, sit back and listen and, and just observe and turn off our minds. It's so that we can turn on not only our minds, but our hearts and our physical lives because I'm going to participate. See, that's what worship is here. Then I want you to get you to see this because every week, listen, and I don't want to get into rededication. I listen, but, but I want to remind myself that I am dedicated to God. How many of y'all need reminded of that every now and then? And, and worship reminds me. It reminds me this morning that yes, I will, no matter how low it is or how high it is, I'm going to, I'm going to put, put a praise on. How many of you know you can't stop people that got a praise in their heart? Have you ever known somebody got a praise? They're putting their praise on. You, you can't shut them up. I'm telling you, they, got, they put a praise on. They got that word in their heart and they're praising. You, no matter what you do, you cannot stop them. Because there's no circumstance that are going to stop them right now. There's no circumstance that's going to say, oh, well, this is bigger than my God. <laughs> no. Listen, listen, the, the downer you get, the louder the music needs to go. The louder the praise, the louder you got to just get your mind filled with the right things. Because how many of you know your mind gets filled with the wrong things? You're, it's a slippery slope and you're going down fast. Am I right? Right? So come on. So they're praising God and they're, they're worshiping and they're singing and it wasn't passive. And so here they go now and, and, um, and, 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 and the result of the celebration was joy. Everybody say the word joy. It was great joy. Listen, if you're going to have some joy, you might as well go for great joy. Some people get joy and say, I'm stopping. No, I'm going for great joy. No, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it all. Now, we referred to this last week, and it's just been burning on my heart, and I just have to go back to it. It's in Nehemiah 8. Now, I'm going to get back to 12, but, but I, want, I want you to see. So the first thing they did was dedication required purity. It required purifying our lives to God. What we build is holy. Are you with me? Now next is a little bit of joy. Not just a little bit of joy, but a? How much joy? Okay, now let's go back to Nehemiah 8. 
It said, this is a sacred day. This happened before this moment. It says, don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I gotta, I gotta, listen, this has just been burning on my heart all week. Because, you know, I, I, I mentioned it last week, but I don't feel like I did it justice. So I'm, I'm glad I'm getting a second chance. How many of y'all are happy about second chances? Okay. Listen, the joy of the Lord, like many people, not many people tap into the joy of the Lord. Many people got the happy of themselves, but not many get the joy of the Lord. See, when you get the joy of the Lord, it's a strength. It's strong because there's something inside of you that finds, listen, when I'm, no matter what the highest mountain or the lowest valley, I still got joy. I still got praise. I still got Jesus. Are you with me? See, that's the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's where I get my, get my strong. It's where I get my courage. It's where I get my confidence. It's where I get my clarity. It's where I get these things. That's what comes in my life. Are you with me? The joy of the Lord. It comes from celebration. It's, the, it's that joy. Listen, supernatural joy is available to those who are dedicated to God. Many people think, oh, it's just their personality. No, I'm sure I hear a lot of Well, you're, you're just, uh, how do you stay upbeat? How do you stay up? Now, I'm naturally pretty optimistic. But you know what? I can get down too. And I got to remember to put, put the joy of the Lord on. And if I don't put it on, I can't blame everybody else. I can't blame the, this culture. I can't blame the, the, the president. I can't blame political. I can't blame the weather. I can't blame those things. I got to put joy in my life. And I got to put celebration in my life. So when you lose joy, you got to ask yourself, have you lost your dedication? No, I'm serious. Like, when you lose your joy, you have to ask yourself the real question is, have you lost your dedication and your purity before God? Because when you lose that, you lose your joy. When you get complacent and our situations become bigger than our God, we lose our joy. Let me illustrate it to you this way. David, shepherd boy, Old Testament, became king, slayed Goliath, that one. You remember him? He was supposed to be at war. He didn't go to war where he was supposed to be, and he ended up in adultery. How many of y'all know when you go to places you know you're not supposed to be, it's not going to be good? Every parent should have said amen right there. Parents, I'm helping you. I used to say, nothing good happens after midnight. Amen. I'm older. Nothing good happens after nine o'clock. Come on, somebody. Like, <laughs> y'all with me? Come on. Somebody throw me an amen now. Woo! Come on. I'll be throwing money up here by, by, by now. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I, I sidetracked myself. <laughs> Listen, so David, where was he wasn't supposed to be, and he sinned. And in Psalm 51, we find a prayer that he prayed. And I want you to catch this prayer. 
No, I want you to catch it. Out of all the things he could pray, he said, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Remember, I gotta be pure. I gotta have purity before you, God. Are you with me? So when we lose our dedication, we have to go back to purity. Don't try to go back to feeling good. Get pure, get holy and right with God, and you will feel good about yourself. Are you with me? Come on. And then he said, renew a loyal spirit within me. Because David knew he lost his loyalty. And he said, do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Oh, man. God, never take your Holy Spirit from me. Let's read the rest of this here. Come on. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Listen, listen, listen. listen. This is when it gets good. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Out of all the things David prayed for, he prayed that the joy of God would not would be restored to him. I want you to catch this. He didn't say, God, restore to me salvation. He said, restore to me the joy of my salvation because he cleansed himself, right? He purified himself, cleanse me, oh God. He wasn't, he wasn't winking at his sin, right? Now he's saying, restore to me the joy of my salvation and make me willing to obey you. And then I'm not gonna stop there. Then I'm gonna start giving of my life. Then I'm gonna teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Did you catch that? Purity, the joy, and now I want to use my life to give it to others. Are you with me? Forgive me for shedding blood. See, he didn't, he didn't wink at the sin. He didn't say, oh, that's not really sin. I just, I just had an issue. How many of y'all, David didn't have an issue? He had a sin. You with me? We live in a day and age that doesn't like talking about sin. I have an issue. I have a problem. No, there's, there's times I, I, have, I have challenges, but there's other times when it's sin, I just need to say it is. Y'all with me? And so, and so then, what's he gonna do? Forgive me for shedding blood, oh God, who says, then I will, then I will. Joyfully. I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. There's the joy again. Are you following that? So when we dedicate our lives to God, we're reminding ourselves that only before God am I pure, only before him. And so now I'm gonna ask him to cleanse me and I'm gonna have joy because I want the joy of God and then I wanna be a giver of myself and then that's gonna result in more joy. See, that's why, listen, that's why what we're doing is that we're asking you to invite every person you know to come on Easter Sunday, 8, 30, and 10. Now we're not doing that starting Easter Sunday forward to two worship experiences every Sunday, just on Easter right now. I'm believing we're gonna have to get back to two. Who's with me? Yeah. Are you with me? So you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna need to go out and get all your friends to come here, and then we'll do two. Y'all with me? So, so you're gonna take this. See, that's, that, that's part of this. I wanna be a giver. I wanna, I wanna be a generous giver of these things. See, the joy of the Lord is so important. Now let's go back to Nehemiah and read this verse. And then we're going to go on to the next point after this. Nehemiah 12, 43. Dedication results in great joy. So verse 43, many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day. For God had given the people cause for great joy. 
the women and children also participated in the celebration and the of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away. Woo, come on, I told you it was loud. There's my proof text right there. Mm-hmm, I told you it was gonna get loud. There it is right there, far away. I mean, they were, they were jamming at, at Murraysville right next to Beer Warehouse. They could hear it as far as Delmont, Greensburg, come on, Monroeville, Penn Trafford, and Plum. They were saying, something's going on over there. Come on. See, when people walk in here, they should see our lives, they should see our lives demonstrating equal to what we're praising and what we're worshiping. No, I'm serious. They, they, our lives should be equal to what we're, what we're seeing. Now, I'm not saying you have to jump around like Pastor Rick and be like that. I'm not saying that. You, you, let me be me. There's people in the front row that are saying, amen. <laughs> amen. Ooh. But at some point, my outside got to show what's going on in the inside. Are you with me? See, at some point, my outside got to line up with my inside. And see, that's what, there's a, there's a praise far off. There's joy. What's the sound that's being heard from us? Is it joy? Is it energy? Is it exciting? There were people marching through here this morning. You should have seen it. After prayer time at 8.30, there were people just flooding, going around here praying for you this morning. Not because they were doing community service. Not because Pastor Rick guilted them into it. They were praying because they knew what we're building is spiritual. And without God touching it, it's going to stay carnal. And we're going to become adrenaline junkies rather than anointing junkies. Listen, adrenaline will get you so far. But it's going to run out. But the anointing of my God does not run out. Are you with me? And they were praying. They were marching. I mean, it's hard to stop them. They just kept wanting, they just wanted to keep going. Come on, see, that's, that's, that's that celebration. That's that joy. That's what we do matters to God. That's what we're going to do. Are you with me? And we sang that song earlier. It keeps getting better. And people come to me and say, Pastor Rick, God can't get better. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow forever. I say, I know, but I keep experiencing new things about him. I'm going to tell you what. After being married 31 years, it keeps getting better. My wife's not even here right now, and I'm saying that. No, it keeps getting better. No, are you following me? It keeps getting better because we learn new things about one another. We're, we, we have new experiences in this life of faith in, faith in God and trust in God and doing that. So it just keeps getting better. As a matter of fact, when you get married, it should be the worst day of your life. I can't wait till I do my next wedding. <laughs> I just want to say that I think this should be the worst day of your life right now. Actually, I'm doing my son's wedding. I cannot wait. Come on, somebody. <laughs> no, but what I'm trying to say is it should be getting better. That shouldn't be the high point. 
That should be the point that launches us forward into giving of our lives to one another. That should be the point that we don't say we've arrived. That is the point now where we become generous givers to one another, where I'm not going to withhold from my wife anything. I'm going to live for her. Are you with me? See, I'm tracking me. I'm going to the next point here. Because first, it requires purity, and it results in joy, but it creates generosity. It creates generosity. Generous giving here. Dedication to God moves us from being recipients of the mission to responsible for the mission. I want to be responsible. I no longer want to be a recipient. Are you with me? This is where it gets good. This is where the adventure comes. Come on, are you with me? Okay, here you go. How many got, got, got room for one more point? I know, you're scared. In preacher talk, that could be a long time. Here it is. Dedication to God produces generous giving. Verse 44. Check this out. On that day, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the offerings. The first part of the harvest and the tithes. They were responsible to collect from the fields outside the towns the portions required by the law for the priests and Levites. For all the people of Judah took what? Took joy in the priests and Levites and their work. Do you know why they start giving? They start looking at the work and they had joy. They had joy and so they start, they start giving because they said, oh, this work is a good work. I want to give. And so they gave, they gave tithes and offerings. The joy of the work caused them to be generous. Listen to me. A joyful people is a generous people. And a generous people is a joyful people. Do you know what I never see? I never see miserable people generous. I, I don't. I, I, maybe you do. I, I'm just saying my personal experience. Miserable, grumpy people are not generous. Now, maybe you're making a stereotype. I'm just telling you my personal experience. Maybe yours is different. But when we have joy in our hearts, we give generously. We, I, put it this way. When I go to a restaurant, and, and they, they, the, the service is great, the waiter or waitress and the service is great, and everything's good, and, and, and my wife is happy, and she's thrilled with the, 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 all the attention I'm doting on her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm, giving, I'm giving a tip. But if that person's miserable and nasty and mean and puts their thumb into the mashed potatoes when they put it on my table, <laughs> I'm going to give what I have to, but it ain't going to be much. See, what I'm saying is we don't apply the same principles to God. There's a joy that comes, and I want to support what's going on. And so I want to be a joyful giver. I want to be thinking of giving first. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, you must decide in your heart how much, and don't give reluctantly, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. He loves a cheerful giver. I want to be loved by God. Okay, let me give you a real practical illustration. Y'all ready for some practical Many people, not all, many people in this room, uh, like, like me, 
received a stimulus, either a deposit or you will get a check. Okay? It, many people do. Whether you agree with it or not, I, I may disagree that they, you know, about the, they, they shouldn't be doing this, but I, I, I didn't squawk when it got deposited into my account. I didn't say, take it back. I'm being honest. What was your response when you got that? Was it, we have more to give. We could give, a, we could really give. And now listen, I, and, and there's many people in the room right now, I know that giving, you're, you're, working, you're working through your trust relationship with God, and I get that. You're taking steps of faith. There's room for that. What if you chose now to say, you know what? I'm gonna choose now to become a consistent giver because God's given me something I didn't ask for or earn or deserve. Now, many people say, well, it was my money anyhow. No, you gave it to the government. When, it, when you did that, it was no longer yours. Am I right? Am I right? Because they haven't asked about a penny of the other stuff. Come on. So when I receive, am I saying, I want to be a giver? How much more could we give? Wouldn't this be great? Because there's great joy in what we're doing, and there's a generosity that happens. So I want to be a giver. Are you there? See, so generosity isn't an obligation or a duty. And so I'm asking you, as you dedicate to God your life and our lives, how about we dedicate to our, our lives to God in such a way that we say, I'm just going gonna, gonna to go for it. I mean, you could, you could move the decimal point at this point in your life and still have over $1,200. What I'm saying is you could, you could tithe and give 140 out of 1400 and still have 12, over 1200 Are you with me? Now, I'm not telling you to do that. That's not an obligation. What if it was a joy? What if it was, I just want to give? What? My wife and I sat down and said, oh, look at this. Let's figure out how much we can give. See, that's a heart of dedication that we give of not only our money, but we give our time. We give our talent. We give everything within us to a starting point. Are you with me now? So we are dedicating our lives to three things, three things, three things. Here it is, purity, generosity, and joy. Let's say those three things together. You ready? We are dedicating ourselves to? Purity, generosity, joy. There it is right there. That's what we're gonna dedicate our lives to. In just a few minutes, we're going we're gonna to be worshiping God in, in a song. And you know what I'm going to ask? I, I, I'm not asking you to, you're not making a commitment to the church. I'm asking us to go back to God and just rekindle that dedication like they had in, the, in, in Nehemiah 12. They had a dedication to God, Nehemiah 12. They had this thing on them that they were, getting, they were going to dedicate their, their, the wall. They were going to dedicate the building. They were going to dedicate their lives and dedicate everything they had to God. I want to go back and, and dedicate. Are you with me right now? Now, I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you need to, you, maybe in your heart you're saying, you know what, I need to go back to the purity part because, because I have some things in my life that I need to deal with so I can get the joy back. Maybe you're that person that says, I need to go back and commit to joy. Or maybe you're here today and just say, I just wanna, I just wanna dedicate myself to generosity. And, and listen, don't, listen, and I, let me make it really clear. Just start just start somewhere in your giving, just like you start somewhere in your prayer life. Didn't you start somewhere in your prayer life? Start somewhere with your giving. Just do something. 
I'm going to be generous. How many of you have one of those points that you say, you know what, I could grow in this area? Could you stand to your feet with me right now? We're going to sing a song in just a minute, and it talks about the beautiful name of Jesus. You know, when you encounter Jesus, he becomes beautiful, right? And then the more you, sp- you spend time with him, it becomes wonderful. Like it's wonderfully made, am I right? So we go from beauty, and then we go to wonderful, and then we go to powerful. I want to go to powerful. The name of Jesus is powerful. There's a progression in this song that when we experience him and we dedicate our lives to him, he goes from beautiful to wonderful. Come on, what a beautiful name. What a wonderful name. What a powerful name. And, 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 and I don't know what your circumstances are right now, but we're going to worship God beyond our circumstance. But before we get there, I want to ask you a serious question. Do you have a date, a moment, or time that you began a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ? A day where you ask Jesus Christ to be the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future. If you don't have a day, a moment, or time, there's a good chance you didn't do it. Now I just want to offer you today. It's not a commitment to me. It's not a commitment to our church. It's a commitment to God. Based on Jesus Christ, the shed blood of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the only thing that can make us holy enough. The only thing. The only thing. So I don't know where you are right now, but if you're, if you're in a place where you're, you're far from God, you know it, your friends know it, your family know it, everybody knows it, but you'd like to be close to God, and you're saying, I want today to be my day, to I want to dedicate my life to Jesus Christ, just right now in this moment, right now in this moment, I just want you just to slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. Just slip up your hand if that's you. Just say, oh, that's me, Pastor. That's me. i got to have it. That's me. I need it right now. I gotta have it. I want that new beginning in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everybody here today. But God, I pray, God, over the next weeks, we're gonna see many people respond to the gospel of Jesus. That Jesus could become beautiful and wonderful and powerful to many, many more people, Lord. God, thank you for this great, great group of people here, Lord. I just pray that even in this moment that we worship right now, that you would be pleased by our thanksgiving. You would be pleased by our honor. You would be pleased by our worship, Lord God. So God, receive what we bring to you in purity, in joy, in generosity, in Jesus' name. Let's worship in Jesus' name. What a word we had today. I don't know about you, but I was convicted. I was convicted to worship differently. What would it look like, church, if we worshiped with everything we had, with joy, with passion, with generosity, with dedication? What would that look like? How would we do it different? So as we worship, I challenge you to maybe take that next step and whatever that looks like for you. Let's worship.